Um, I've just started recording, so do you want to talk about sexy podcasts or anything? <laughs> no. Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, to discuss the exciting, thrilling, laugh-a-minute world of women's cycling is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. I'm fantastic. Yeah? You feeling sexy? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, for those of you who may not have heard last week, I, I deliberately left You're the mildly embarrassing bit into the, the intro of our, our podcast. And um, uh, interestingly enough, but you know, not that surprisingly, <laughs> because we tend to be here when we record it, <laughs> we don't really listen to it afterwards. So, Sarah didn't realize until just now that I actually had left that bit in. So, she may, be, she may be a little bit pissed off with me today. <laughs> Such a bastard. <laughs> so I think, I think it's in everyone's best interest, i.e. my best interest, that we just get to talking about the cycling last week. How good was Trofeo Binder? <laughs> Trofeo Binder's always good, you know, man. It's like, it's just, it is so much fun. But you know what was weirdest about it this year was that it wasn't pouring with rain. It was a little bit strange. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously, it can't always be, but for some reason, recent memory, like the last three years or something, I've I've got this strong association of it just being horrendously wet. Yeah, every every. <laughs> That's nothing. <such> a... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's horrendously wet. Yeah. It's it's like pouring with rain, and it's freezing rain, and it's nasty, and it's it's like, oh my god, like how awful is that? And yeah, and and I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful race. And, and I think I'm, I'm a little bit sad because in the olden days, they used to do like, well, when I first started watching, they used to do one big loop and they used to do an unfeasible number of laps of the with the Orino climb in it. Like, like, as I, I want to say nine, but I'm probably making that up. I may have been drinking fizzy wine last night. Um, <laughs> you may be you may be in a precarious state today as well, huh? yeah slightly but um yeah um so yeah so it's it's kind of like but now they do they start but they've kind of moved it so you start on the shores of lago maggiore and yeah that's that's just yeah beautiful like you know they have the sign on pictures with riders standing on you know on a floating object thing in the lake um a pontoon yes a pontoon and yeah and uh yeah um yeah and it's it's just beautiful. So they start off, they ride from Lago Maggiore to Sistiglio. They do a long loop with a climb at Conado. Then they come back into Sistiglio and do uh, four laps um, where you start, where in where eight kilometers from the end you go up the Orino climb. And it's it's one of those brilliant climbs where it's not like the steepest in the world or the hardest in the world, but the race makes it incredibly hard. Yeah. And 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 the descent is one of those descents where you see they basically strap mattresses to specific corners. <laughs> it's what's known always always an encouraging thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's always it's one of it's what's known as a technical descent. <laughs> Yes, as in, as in, get this wrong, and technically you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 
brilliant so yeah so um and they do four clock they do floor four loops of that, and then you have like this this running and it's one of those the, when you when they when they run into Tiglo to the finish line they they have a, a right hand turn and then it's kind of a an uphill sprint like it's not like up like a climb sprint but the road is definitely yeah. going uphill which makes it super tough and it's always exciting it's always brilliant and we always get really good coverage of it because it's in italy and italians love their women's cycling and I was thinking about this last week because actually we're now in the stage where more countries have got, you know, relatively good coverage than don't have good coverage. Yeah. It's only really Belgium and non-plué France that don't have that don't that don't have coverage anymore. It's 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 a really strange thing because I started thinking, oh yeah, well you know, in England, oh in America, yeah, oh and uh, and Sweden, oh and Norway, of course, and and you're kind of going, and, and of course the Netherlands, and of course Italy, and you're kind of going, hang on a minute, we have turned that corner, Dan. No. Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 and it's really exciting, and it's like so. Yeah, there's an interesting thing about Trofeo Bindo because it's at the same day as Kent with Elgem. And lots of people say, oh, well, you know, Kent with Elgem should be the World Cup because I don't know why. I think it's because it's because it's got the men's race. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess a lot of people, you know, would know it because there's the men's race and also because, you know, um, particularly if you follow mostly men's cycling, spring classics does always sort of you know, really centre around cobbles. And, you know, I love cobbles as much as or possibly slightly more than is legal in many countries. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, well, you know, different races suit different kinds of riders. And my, my general view on things is more races, more better. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, this is uh, Satiglia, the Trofeo Binder. It's its 39th year of race, of mm. being raced. We got and we got an hour and a half of of video coverage because before and the, this is the other amazing thing they've got another twenty three men's race, but they've also got the Trofeo da Moreno, which is the junior girls race. And we I say this every year because I get very excited by it. But you know this is imagine you're a junior you're a junior woman and you get to ride on exactly the same loop local loop as the World Cup is riding. Yeah, is yeah. is it's ridden on. That's really, really fantastic and special. And last year, that Trofeo da Moreno was won by Amelie Diederichsen, who um, went from she'd won the junior, she'd been the junior world champ, and she went on to become the junior world champ for a second time. You know, one of only three riders who've done that. And it's, it's, yeah, it was really. So you know, you look at it, and it's, and it's also UCI ranked. It's the only UCI ranked junior race right. outside, apart from worlds and, and you know continental championships and stuff sure, like that. And sure. that's. That's so it's it's one of special. yeah it's one of few opportunities for particularly a younger rider to really um, start to stretch and compare themselves to the the elite peloton. Yeah, and this is just, so. Someone said to me, blah blah blah. Um, you know, young girls in in Belgium really would love to ride Kent with Elgen because they've grown up watching it on on TV. But actually, if you're a young Italian girl, you've grown up watching women race on TV. You know, you've yeah, well, you've and, but, but on TV. Also, it's one of my perennial frustrations with with people who are like, I mean, by all means, go, you know, feel free to, to tell me that you prefer Gent Wavelgum because you know you, you love the the cobbles and and that's the your race or prefer Binder or or whatever. It's not a zero sum game. Yes, yeah, exactly. Not, it's not exactly. either or. 
you know, appreciating them for yeah. what they are. And I think, I think in, you know, so there's a lot of pressure from the UCI for Binder to move from mm. its slot so that um so that so that Gent with Elgem can become a world cup race and i and then i always wonder well why can't we have both you know like why can't we have both of them because your riders who are going to do well in Gent with Elgem as we'll talk about later aren't the same riders who are going to do well in Binder it's just, exactly. it's just they're just they're just, just not, not. So, yes, so Trofeo da Moreno, um, you start off with that, junior girls there, and it was won by Sofia Bertazzolo, who's a, a young, she's the Italian junior champion, I think she might have been the European junior champion, you know, junior champion, she's really strong star of the future, and she must be looking at Amelie Diederichsen last year and wondering, um, last year in the world's junior world, she came second to Diederichsen, because she's just a first year right. junior, and she must be wondering if winning at Binder is a good is a solid for you know is a solid outcome for winning at worlds. Um, in second, Juliette Lebou from France, and in third, uh, Bertizolo's uh, Wheeler Braganze teammate Sophia Began. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's 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 such a good race, and it's it's really it, it's really love the chance to see junior girls, and we'll see a lot more of that actually because next week's Energy Walk Tour, and we have a junior girls stage race there, and that's yeah, again yeah. another really good chance. I think Lucy Garner won it when she was a junior and went on to become junior world champion, and yep. yeah. And as you say, it's just another great opportunity for those younger riders to to rub shoulders, um, you know, with with their immediate heroes. Um, yeah, 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 and you know, and it is, it, it, it's it's almost impossible to underestimate or to, to sorry not underestimate to overstate the the value of just that the ca- casual interaction where you pick up little yeah. tips and things you know and and someone like um you know pauline fran provost might give you a tip on on when to change your water bottle or you know eat this or or, or just, just watch, just yeah, watch yeah. them ride like yeah, even if yeah. you don't interact with them even if you just watch them ride the chances of learning that stuff and but that's that's and the to... thing it's the casual interaction it's just the being there and and the opportunity for for that to sort of fortuitously happen which is phenomenal yeah i'm really excited and so so, so if you're an, if you're into junior uh, if you're into watching i don't know how to say this without sounding like a massive pervert if you're into watching junior junior races so that you can spot stars of the future then Energy Walk Tour, Trofeo da Moreno, um, uh, uh, Omelette van Borsolet has, has a junior women's stage race as well. And then, of course, European Championships in June um, is just... They, these are the places to watch to kind of pick up who are our stars, who's, who's likely to be the Marin of Oss of the future. So, yeah, um, watch yep, them. I, I, think you, I think you did that reasonably well. I reckon that was only like a three on the massive perv scale. So. I watched, um, I don't, you probably won't know this, but I watched Chris Morris's um, uh, <laughs> Brass Eye special the other night, and what? I'm still, it's infecting my brain. What, I'll tell what, you about it is, later. What is a Chris Morris? I don't think we can be friends anymore. Okay, cool. Um, well, in that case, do we want to talk about Bender, or is that it? Thanks, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk listening. about Bender. <laughs> wow, that was brief and unexpected. Shortest episode ever. Okay. That escalated fast. <laughs> it really went from zero to out of control just instantly. Well, it will give you more time to work on your other podcast. Um... <laughs> uh, but I'm not finished my wine from this one. <laughs> so, yeah, Binder, what happened in Binder, Daniel? 
there were some bikes. There was a bit of racing. People did some stuff. Um, I don't know if you were saving this for later, but I kind of want to start off with um, with a certain training video. Oh my god, Valentina! We've said this for every. I feel like I'm a broken record because every time her video come, her videos come out, I just go best video yet. It's, and the thing I love is that it's also like they're not. And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking them, but they're not like the best made. Like they're not slick professional videos. They're, you know. Um, you know, she, she shoots them well, has some cool music and stuff in them, but it's not like it's a, you know, Hollywood budget or, or anything like that, but the concepts and the things that she puts in them are just genuinely so entertaining and funny. And my personal favorite part of her, her video, um, about training and prep for this race is when she, in, in her words, we met a cycling tourist on the side of the road and asked why he's got these rainbow stripes on the end of his jersey. And he said, it's because I won a Kermesse in my hometown. <laughs> and ever since then, they keep doing it. I keep getting sent boxes of clothes and they all have BMC on them and they all have these rainbows. <laughs> obviously, obviously, she bumped into Cadell Evans on the, on the road, but that was just, it's just such a cool, funny, absurd little thing. It's great. And she has the bit where she's riding up after him and she just turns to the camera and she just she's like showing him and, uh, and, and a t- I guess, a, a friend riding ahead of her. And she turns herself and go with this, wow, face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can see Valentina Scandalara's videos on her YouTube channel. Um, I also thought you'd like it because of how she does her preparation. There was a lot of, she, she had her GoPro on her head um, and so you could see everything that she was doing in the morning and her routine did centre around coffee yes well that is i mean doesn't yours doesn't everyone's how how do uh, morning can't exist without coffee that's like a major philosophical standpoint right so i i hate to tell you this but some people don't even like coffee now we're not friends anymore (laughs) (laughs) you know some people don't like bacon some people don't like coffee, bacon. This is this coffee. is this is how this is how people start to create a sense of the other, and um, and from there start <laughs> world wars. So just be careful right now is what I'm saying. <laughs> just be really careful. Yeah. So we had um, we had uh, Valet's video. Now it's interesting because last year, of course, Emma Johansson, Valet's teammate, won Binder, won at Bind- won Binder, and this year she's out because she broke her collarbone and she was gutted about it because you know emma emma wants to win and she wants to win everything but she especially wants to win flanders next week this tomorrow wednesday tuesday oh my god sunday (laughs) just keep naming days eventually you'll get it right i actually i can see you going monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday no fuck monday damn (laughs) you're assuming i know which order the days of the week coming this week i'm really not assuming anything you know what you need coffee and a bacon sarnie but you know (laughs) i need coffee and an almond croissant with marzipan in it right well you know second best oh if only i had someone in my house who would be willing to get up put some clothes oh no you don't get to play you don't get to play the poor me (laughs) (laughs) no that is actually going to happen if you hear someone come in in the middle of the podcast that is someone going that is that is that is me being brought coffee (laughs) that is you being utterly spoiled 
ridiculously. <laughs> anyway. No less than I deserve. Um, yes, yeah, so um, Binder, I can't remember. So, yes, yeah, so no Emma Johansson. Um, first race back from Paulina Frampervaux for this year on the road from Pauline Frampervaux. Of course, you remember that she won the Cyclocross World Champs. And yeah, and this is her, so this was her first race, her first road race in her rainbows. And yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's such a good race. So they start off and I laughed because Simona Frappotti from Ali Cipollini basically started her the first attack at about kilometre two. So she held back quite a bit, um, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, last, 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 last week in Genta, Ali missed the break. Yeah. And um, they, they, they missed the break and they had to do a ton of work to, to bring, to bring the break back. And so I think this year, this, this year they're just going, fuck it, let's do it. But I also think <laughs> kind of that, felt like they needed to make up for that. And yeah. Yeah. But I also think, you know, obviously you get TV time, obviously you're an Italian team in an Italian race, obviously getting, if you can't win the race, then at least win the sprint points. Yeah, well, exactly. Why not? Why not? So, Trapati's out by herself and she's caught, um, she, she stayed out for quite a while. But she she's stayed caught... out for quite a while and she got out to like a, a reasonable, like not a huge distance, but a reasonable lead. But, you know, I mean, yeah. look, that was always going to be a, yeah, we'll bring you back when we're ready kind of a deal. Yeah. So she's brought back at Conado, the Conado climb. And this was interesting because everyone, because people on Twitter go, oh my God, I wonder what Lizzie Armitstead is doing. She's out there early and won the GPM points at Conado. And I was like, ha ha ha, that's Lizzie just putting down her marker. I feel strong. You all better fear me. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also, I came second last year and none of you fuckers are getting away with it again. <laughs> Exactly. You <laughs> bastards. I'm taking this, goddammit. This is my race. You want it? Come and get it. Yeah, Which yeah. I love how she rides. I love how she rides. She's just so exciting and passionate. And yeah, so so basically she 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 gets over Canado, the Peloton gets split. Uh Catherine Garfoot, the Aussie German, um, uh, then has a go. She's out for about twenty-five kilometers by herself. Um, and it's an interesting thing because I always think of Binder as the race. The, one of the first races I ever watched was Drenta and Binder the first year. And it happened to be um, the first race I could see significant footage of, I should say, um, apart from the parking Olympics. And I, it was Emma Pooley in the pouring rain, just giving it go after go after go after go in the, in the, long, in the, long, in the long loop that they did in that race. And eventually she went, she just attacked and she just went and they just, oh, for fuck's sake. And I think she'd, you know, she, she's just, it was so, so interesting because you kind of think, oh, well, we'll catch her later. No, we can't. That's Pooley. So you kind of think when someone like Garfoot's going out, on the one hand, well, it's, you know, she's a similar sort of rider in that she's a climber and time trialist. But on the other hand, it's she's not Emma Pooley, you know, and she's yeah. also racing for her teammates uh, Spratty and Anna Sprat and Valle Scandalara, yeah. But yeah. also, again, it's also putting their marker down, saying, "Yeah, we don't have Emma, but don't discount us." You know, we're more than just one rider. So she stays away for through the first lap um, and is caught in the first of the lo- in, in the first of the local laps after being out by twenty five kilometers. And here it just goes crazy, and everyone knows that what's going to happen is they're going to get to Reno. There's going to be mad attacks. There's going to be a technical descent, and oh my god, it's going to be impossible. So you kind of end up after the first Reno climb with um, you know twenty five riders in front or something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then you went twenty five riders. Well, well, the first time they go over. Garfoot, then 25 and then you end up with um 13 riders and then on the penultimate time you end up with six 
Yes, yes. Which was uh, it was interesting the way that that sort of came about, or specifically reading, um, you know, the the interviews and reports after the race. Um, mm. I I think um, just the the way well on uh, the cycling tips uh, interview with Lizzie where she says that the um, the team did a lot of great work during the third lap. She said on the radio that she thought it was a bit too easy because they still had Bronzini in the group. So immediately, <laughs> <laughs> which you know it kind of tells you everything you need to know about um, Binda. You know when we talk about it not being a race for. Um, your, your cobbles or your sprinty riders that that it t- kind of tells you everything when the the team is deciding that it is a bit too easy because we've got the sprinter in the race with us. Um, so straight away, Evie Stevens and Megan Guarnier really committed on the climb, and that's when they that's when they got their break sorted um, off the back of that. So yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, Bronzini has won it a couple of times in the past. I think no, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but you know, but it used to be flatter. And yeah, so you. And also, you do not want to take Bronzini to the line because yeah. she'll just, she'll just, she'll just destroy you. So yeah, so attack, and you end up with a group of six. So Lizzie, of course, and um, two riders from Rabo, Pauline Fran Prevot, world champion on the road, and Anna van der Breggen, Elisa Longo Borghini, who won in two thousand and thirteen. Yep. And then you had Alina Amialusik, who was Belarusian champion and came second last year. No, third last. No, yes. Well, on the podium. Third last year. Yes. And Yolanda Neff, who is, well, she's primarily known as a mountain bike rider, but she has ridden a whole season with, uh, and it, with Rabobank. And it, that, this is one of those interesting things. And she rides on the road with the Swiss national team. She rode the Friends Life Women's Tour. And I think she just does it basically as training for mountain bike because the mountain bike season kicks off next weekend. And right. yeah, so, so Yolanda's there for a bit of training, but also because she loves riding. But it's interesting because all people go, oh my God, a mountain biker up there. And you're going, yeah, you know who Yolanda Neff's biggest rival on mountain bike is, don't you? Pauline <laughs> Fram, though. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's not like it's not like no one else in the sport of women's cycling is cross-disciplinary at all no and it's also not like i mean neff and neff and fran Prevot were teammates but they're also rivals and it was really frustrating last year because they're both they were both they're both under 20 they're both under 23 last year and because of and they were one they won five world cups between them yeah, cross country mountain biking, um, but they're not allowed to race elite worlds because, for some weird reason, the UCI says if you're under twenty three as a woman, you've got to ride the under twenty three worlds. Yeah, so you have this bizarre situation where the biggest riders and the best names and the biggest rivalry is actually happening in the under twenty three cut in the under twenty three champs. Which, if I if I had more confidence in the UCI as an organisation, would say it's part of a, a devilishly in, intelligent plot to to grow interest in the junior edition of races. But I think that it's just an accident. Yeah, yeah, mm. but I think it's... So, uh, yeah, and they also had the really funny bit where um, in the European champs, um, Yolanda Neff added to Pauline Franco's, I think, undeserved reputation, because I think she's amazing. I just think that she's, um, she doesn't take... She doesn't... She doesn't just, Pauline Franco gives no shits. It's, um, <laughs> it's basically how it is. But um, Neff said... Neff claimed that Fran Prevot pushed her into the barriers and impeded her sprint, and that's why she didn't become under twenty three European champion. And there's this fantastic picture of them afterwards with with Neff 
like wagging her finger at Fran Provost, really angry, and Fran Provost giving the most Gallic of shrugs. I don't know. You're you're talking crazy talk. I can't do it. What are you saying? I needed wine. She just, but it's like it's it's like if you saw her and you had to guess her nationality, there's only one nationality. Quoi? It's just. Anyway, so there you are. And the interesting thing about this group is you've got six riders. And out of those six riders, five of them were in the top six last year. Wow. Wow. And it was also and it was also the same thing as small a group ended up as a small group last year too. Yeah. Um last last year Ferran Prevot did some did a killer attack on the penultimate lap, but was caught. And it ended up in this sprint with Van der Breggen and Fran Prevot. And Fran Prevot's gearing fucked up, so she couldn't sprint properly for it. So she can go for the win. So she was very disappointed last year. So, you know, there she is, first race in the rainbows. She wants this race too. They all want it, you know. And I was this, this, and they go, so Fran Prevot's the French champion. Fran Prevot literally is the French champion in everything. She's rode, mountain bike, cyclocross. What is it? Rode, mountain bike, cyclocross, ITT. Um, I, I, she probably is is the national champion in bike ballet too, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably. So, so Fran Prevost is the French champion. Amia Lusik is the Belarusian champion in both uh, mountain uh, ITT and, and road. Neff is the Swiss champion, and um, yeah, and and then you're sitting there going, well, and Lizzie's an Olympic silver medalist, and um, Elisa has has you know been a, a world's bronze medalist. Fran Prevost the world champion. And Lizzie Armstead won the. World Cup season last year, you know, Van der Breggen was pretty much a shoe in for the worlds last year, except for the fact that she had that hideous crash and broke her pelvis. That's one hell of a group. It really is. It really is. Um, it, so, honestly, it's <laughs> it's a little bit too stacked, really. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I would not want to be having to make all those decisions and take all of those all those people to the line, particularly if I had the numbers. Um, I'd be making a shit ton of attacks if I was, for example, Rabobank. Well, coincidentally, that's exactly what they did. No! <laughs> I know! Shocking, isn't it, Daniel? It's, I'm, I'm astounded. Let me, let me pause to recover. Yeah, so they're attacking, they're attacking, and as they come through the line for the last attack, last, in fact, as they come through the line into the last lap, Fran Provost attacking. Hurrah! And they get to, and they're in the last lap, and... I can't remember whether it's before or after. No, it must be before because in the last lap, there's this amazing bit on the video which you must watch, which is Lizzie picks up her bottle to take a drink and Fran Prevost goes, I'm just going to attack because Pauline <laughs> Fran Prevost gives no shit. <laughs> and you've got Lizzie's like throws her arm up in the air. She's really unhappy. She's chasing with the, with the bottle like dangling out of her mouth. She's not happy yeah and there's you know and friend are getting help from the motorbike she thinks i've no idea but it's because lizzie is so passionate and great and i don't think it's a bad move you know i don't think that's a out of you know it's not like they were eating or anything it's cycling and that's when you're going to attack god damn it because you know you don't want to make life easy for lizzie armistead well exactly and also like it's it's an attack it's not it's not a it's not a british contest where it's like oh no i couldn't possibly you go first no i insist you go first no no, 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 please, I insist, you, go first, please. It's not that kind of a sport. I don't even know what yeah. sport that is. I, what is that, boarding a train in England? I, I don't know, but um, it's not that, whatever that is. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, you need a cup of tea. <laughs> I need a coffee and an almond croissant. Hang on a second, let me share. I need a coffee and an almond croissant. <laughs> No, it doesn't work. God damn oh, it. Well. Anyway, um, yes, no, I'm with you. I think it's it's perfectly. I mean, you attack when you when when the moment's there, and that's the way that's the way it goes. You know. Yeah. So there's attacks and attacks, and they're kind of looking at each other. And the the other funny thing is they keep they keep in the video because they Rai showed an hour of it. I mean, it wasn't. The, it's an interesting thing because they did that thing where you've got a choice between spending a lot of time putting the video, you know, cutting the video into into the right stuff, or just shoving it up with the entire last half hour of the race. And Rai went for the choice of putting it up just so you kind of don't really see how the break formed. Yeah. And I was hoping see that's on the UCI video but we didn't see it on that then but as you say cycling tips are there to help us cycling tips Ella and they they you know the riders ex riders explain to us hurrah so they're there uh Frampo attacks and Frampo gets away and it's just oh she's so watching her attack is beautiful she's just she rides so nicely you know it's just nicely that's a terrible word but you know really no but it is it is just, just a, a gracefulness to it that yeah so Frampo attacks, um, they, she gets away, she gets caught after the climb because, oh my God, you're not going to let um, Frampo get away and descend because she descends like a demon and that, and, you know, as we said, technical descent. So they catch her and uh, oh, Longo Borghini tries to attack, Van der Bregen tries to attack, everyone tries to attack. It's just like everyone's leaping on each other's race, uh, wheels. Now, chasing back Frampavo meant that Neff and Amielusic were dropped, but they came back on that mm. descent, which is exactly what happened to Ellen Van Dyke last year. Yep. So you've got this situation where the, where the four we've got four riders at the front now, steaming into the town, getting ready to sprint. Suddenly behind them, they get caught by Amielusic and Neff, literally in the last kilometre. Yep. Neff catches them and immediately attacks. Uh, just um, as as one does. I so, love that. That exactly again. Ellen Van Dyke did that last year. It's just glorious when riders do that. You know, when they just they can't. They're, they're you know they're exhausted. They've caught mm. it. What am I going to do? I'm just going to attack. Yeah. And again, Lizzie is not having any of this. Straight onto her wheel, they turn around the corner, charge up this difficult, tough finishing sprint. This time, Lizzie wins. Indeed, and um, you know, it, it's awesome for her. Um, she she actually said that um, it's only her second World Cup victory, and even though she won the the series last year, like you said before, um, she really wants to win more races, like yeah. you know, and and so obviously, I think like you said about her on the on the climb earlier in the race, I think this is a little bit of her her putting her foot down and going, this is my goal for the year too, is just to. Just the, you know, you thought last year was good. This year's going to be, this year's going to be rough. It's <laughs> going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so it's Fran Prevo, um second, Van der Breggen third. Um, and... Elisa, Elisa in for fourth. Yeah. And um, Alina Amielusic in for fifth. And then Neff sixth because yep. you know Neff and Neff attacks, but that sprint, that road sprint, isn't her thing. She's a mountain biker though, Daniel. Yes, yeah. Well, but also, I mean, you know, to be fair, after after they've fought their way back on, and um, and then everyone else hits the sprint, 
Um, I think coming sixth is is completely acceptable under those no, circumstances. Yeah, no, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then winning the sprint for seventh. I mean, I, 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 when you hit back and you see how much work bowls. So when you've got the chase. So first of all, you've got like five of the top team. Uh, well, four of the top teams on the Swiss national team. Sorry, Switzerland. Um, in, in the break, and then you look back, and the front is all this orange and red because it's bowls and Rabobank on the front yeah. to stop anyone basically being able to go after the break marvellous so um but you know so congratulations to Anna van Blurton um for coming seventh winning the sprint for seventh for Bigler Ellen van Dyke in eighth Elena Ciccini who's just having a great season for Lotto Sudal in ninth and Ashley Moorman Passio in tenth and um yeah I mean that's a a pretty solid day of racing or, well, yes. or is it well, that is just one half of the race because over in Belgium we have Gentwedelgem. Indeed, indeed we do. And um, this seems to have been the the race that captured all of the traditional Binder wet weather um, and yeah. combined it combined it Did with you, you know freezing cold and and cobbles and stuff. I think because you know um, you, you, it's farming season. Let's let's smother our fields with um, manure to fertilise the fields. So when you see the oh, riders coming, is, is off that the what earth, it is? I just assumed that was leftover from cyclocross season, just churned up paddocks. Well, to, to, to be fair, most of the churned up paddocks in cyclocross season has also got manure in it. So. <laughs> And, and you, you wonder why you struggle to get me all excited about cross. <laughs> I can stay inside and drink whiskey and not be covered in manure. Like you can stand outside in the rain and the mud and drink whiskey and drink beer and drink Geneva, Geneva, and, <laughs> and eat frites and see amazing racing and ring cowbells and yeah, cheer I, for riders. I, not one of those things can't can't be improved somewhat significantly by moving to a non-manure coated location well okay so. you can go to okay in that case i'll take you to um i'll take you to the sandy races on oven and um our cock cider and then instead of manure you can get sand in your wellies yeah see and and again i i think you're fundamentally misunderstanding how to sell the sport but you know i guess that's a that's an argument for you know november we can we can put that one to the side for a little while you just you just don't want you just you just refuse to like it because you know I do. <laughs> so so I'm refusing to make you happy now. Is that what it is? <sighs> Twas ever thus. Oh, oh, poor you. You know, here I am, not bringing you coffee, not bringing you armor croissants, not uh, yeah, just the the list of things I won't do for you on demand is is ever growing. I know it's terrible. Won't take my advice. Won't let me run your life. <laughs> won't let me set up an online dating profile for you to be fair just because i said no doesn't mean you didn't do it anyway oh my god is that are you giving me permission no it sounds like he was giving you permission no, he did not. he just said no, you heard no, that no, right no, listener fuck, no. that's it when you heard that right listener Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so um well you know how that race works right it's 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 got lots of climbs it finishes flat it's got cobbles it's got cobbles um what happened in the race daniel well it's yeah so 116 kilometer race um it's it's one of those ones like like we were talking about earlier you know some people are going to prefer this race because it is sort of um when you when you think about 
classics, you know, spring classics, and especially Belgian classics, it's, it's that kind of race. Um, so the uh, start and finish, well, obviously, um, you know, given the name, starts in the city of Ghent um, and winds up in Wavelgum or thereabouts, you know, how these things are always a little bit elastic. Um, there's actually a great report on the race from Chloe Hosking. I know we talk often about Chloe's blog, but she's written a really great one about this race, um, including all sorts of things about the, the weather. Um, and one of my favorite quotes <laughs> from Jens Voigt that she's, um, that she's dropped in there, this weather's so shit, I love it, half the peloton's already quit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that certainly seemed to be the the case for the day. Um, the the weather was very very wet, um, and um, reasonably early into it. So about eight k into the race um, comes the. We've talked before about these classics where the roads are a bit narrower and there are little things. Um, and being familiar with the course is really important because there's little things like, you know, we turn left here or, you know, we turn into the wind there and everything changes or the road gets a little bit narrower just as we hit this cobbled section. You have to be at the front and stuff. And it's things like that that happen that, that influence the race. So Chloe tells a really interesting story about 8K into the race. There's a sharp right-hand turn that goes directly into a crosswind and how it was important to sort of position to the front for that. And, um, and just, as they, just as she makes that turn, you can see the Live Planter team getting ready to echelon up and start to drive it into the gutter and rip the legs off the race. And oh. yeah, <laughs> or, or as, or as um, if, if, you're, if you're Dutch or Belgian, as you like to say, then we make them hot. <laughs> it's just, it's that, it's that thing. You can see it in any video interview with a, with a Dutch or, or Belgian rider. Their eyes light up. They get this really evil grin on their face. And then there's just some comment to a certain extent of someone who's going to suffer. Um, you know, they live for that sort of thing. So Chloe um, reacts quickly and is trying to grab the attention of Yolene Dor, who she's writing for, for Wiggle. Um, Yolene lives in Ghent. Um, she's the, the current Belgian champion and you know, she's having a great start to the season as well. So she grabs Yolene and, um, and start chasing them. And just as they do, uh, one of them hits the, some sort of a, a patch of something on the road or whatever, and they go down, um, which is, Never a good thing, but it's always like, you know, there's this break or nearly break of, of a pretty dangerous team of four girls. Um, three of them suddenly are on the on the deck and you've got to swerve around them and gather it back up and, and that sort of thing. So it actually it had the effect of sort of slowing the race down a little bit because I think, you know, everyone was sort of sorting themselves out and figuring out what next to do. Um, so there were five five key climbs. Um, coming into the race. Uh, so the Kemmelberg, which is uh, up to 17% on, on certain sections. So you climb it twice, uh, once at 36 and then again at 76 kilometers. Uh, the Monteberg, which climbed twice again at 40 and 80 as you do a couple of loops. And then the Bunneberg, um, which is at 66 kilometers. And so... It was a bit of a fight for position across all of the climbs, but I think um, most of the race 
up until the Monteberg or just after the Monteberg was pretty stable because um, the headwind and and you know the conditions in general had got a lot of people to to. I, I think a lot of people were not sitting back but just sort of waiting to see how the race was going to come out. Um, but as they as they came off the the Monteberg. Um, the wind really picked up. A bunch of riders are being thrown around side to side across the road. And um, so at this point, uh, I think you're going to find that a couple of the senior riders sort of decided that this is when they needed to create some space. And so uh, hit the pace at the front and sort of wound up with a group of around 20 riders, um, having <laughs> made it over those first couple of climbs. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, from there, the, the race becomes about survival um, and really hitting the climbs, surviving the climbs, and then making your way through the headwinds. And it is that kind of elastic game if you're not such a great climber. So particularly when you're reading uh, Chloe's blog, you know, Chloe herself will tell you she's, she's a sprinter, not a climber. So she was spending a lot of time working out where to position herself and, and how to be ready for these climbs. Um, and how to get back on if she if she was gapped on the way back. She was obviously she was riding for Yolene, and um, and so um, they come into around about thirty five k's to go, and um, and they've got this group and started to work out you know um, and do the numbers. So you know we've still got uh, a. Th- three or four riders from Liv Planter. Um, mm-hmm. You've got a couple of other riders like uh, Iris Slappendale, Amy Peters, who are, are just getting ready to, to sort of start to stir the race up. And um, and um, this is the point at which I think I just wanted to, to say um, one of the things I absolutely absolutely love about chloe's blogs is the way that she casually throws in some some reasonably um i don't don't know how rare they are like i don't know how how unknown they are around the rest of the world but they always make me grin sort of very australian sort of um um similes (laughs) Go on, give me give me your examples of australian so well let me set this up so it's around the 35k to mark to go mark and she's going back to to say to yolene that um you know the plan for the two of them is to basically probably follow anything that's got live planter in it um and and you know see how they go and and chloe will work for her and try and keep her there and so um as i was going back to say to yolene i saw iris slappendale launch herself up the left hand side of the road closely followed by amy peters well, okay then, I better go. And just like that, I was in a six-rider break with 25Ks to race. It was a great situation for us. Yolene had no pressure in the back to chase, and I was confident that I could win or podium from the group. At first, the break was working flat out like lizards drinking. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, well, that's it, it, it's a it, like every Australian knows what that means. So it's there's nothing weird about it. It's exactly what it sounds like. Like um, a lizard, you know, by the side of a creek or or whatever, will often stretch out pretty flat on a on a um, stone or rock or whatever to just sort of stick its head out over the water and just lap up some mm-hmm. water. So you know, but it's just such an Aussie thing, <laughs> flat out like lizard drinking. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Amy crashed in around about a couple of kilometres later, and that changed the dynamics for the group a fair bit. Um, and as Chloe 
rather subtly said, I got the impression no one wanted to take me to the line. <laughs> can't, can't imagine why the you other see, writers was... wouldn't want to take the sprinter to the line, but okay. I, see, see, when I was reading the, the, twi- the, the tweet, and you end up with a group, I think it ended up with a group of nine, yeah? And in that group of nine, you've got uh, Iris Slappendale, Susie Zorzi, Nathalie Van Gogh, Roxana Kanateman, Amy Peters... Yannick Ensing, Fletcher Mackay, and Chloe Hosking and Yolene Dora. And I just assumed it was a Wiggle Honda 1-2. I assumed it was a nailed-on Wiggle victory. Yeah, well, particularly given how far, uh, you know how Wiggle have raced thus far this year, um, yeah. and, and the fact that you know they've got the right riders in the right position and, and they've just been doing really fucking well, um, yes, indeed. So I was somewhat surprised... When it came out, when we were looking at the end, and suddenly it's been won by Flersher Mackay of Lift Planter. Oh, I can't believe you just damned me. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Oh, <laughs> really? Well, someone's being rather grumpy just because they don't have a coffee in a... Wow, that's not... That's really not cool, dude. That's... Oh, did I just damn you? <laughs> yeah. No, I actually it doesn't worry me that much. Um, so no, but it's interesting when you're watching the, when you're watching. It's something about watching a race on Twitter where you imagine how it's going down, yeah. and then you see the and then you see the results, but you don't know any time gap. So I was like, I bet what Flirty did was jump early, and then the photos came in of her came in of her crossing the line, looking absolutely ecstatic, just just totally delighted, joyous. And in the background, there's Chloe and Yolene. Uh, riding really hard yeah yeah well and it, it is very interesting then reading how it goes because um you know uh chloe says you know live played their cards perfectly and um and this is this is actually my favorite of the australian euphemisms that she's thrown into or, or similes or whatever that she metaphors that she's thrown into her, her blog in the final eight kilometers the live planter girls were as aggressive as a queenslander meeting a cane toad with a five iron <laughs> I take it you don't like cane toads. Nobody likes cane toads. They're fucking evil. They are. I dare you to Google image search cane toads. Um, for those who don't know, cane toad was uh, an introduced species to Australia. Um, it was introduced in the genius of you know probably some fucking English person. I should say um, I bet it was the English to to kill the snakes because <laughs> because they're poisonous. You see, but they have no natural predators in Australia, and um, and so they have populated wildly. Um, and they're a subtropical animal, which means that they cover most of Queensland. Um, they're working their way around the top end of Australia, and uh, thanks to global warming, they're working their way south. They're what fucking they do, taking though? over. I mean, what's the- well, I mean, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things of Australia, toads don't seem that bad. I mean, obviously, when uh, the Brits introduced rabbits, that was problematic because right. they so, eat everything. So and when ones... the Brits introduced foxes to eat the rabbits, that was problematic because they yeah. eat everything. Well, these ones, these ones are very problematic because they are incredibly poisonous, as in touch one and it can kill you. Oh, oh, it's Australian. So yeah. Well, no, no, they're that not. A, that's Australia. the thing, though. That, that's the thing. They're not Australian. We, we hang didn't on, need hang on, them. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We imported poisonous animals to Australia. Yes, to kill to kill the native Australian poisonous animals. Um, so they're 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 incredibly <laughs> they're incredibly toxic. Um, which is particularly a danger to children. 
um, they are utterly fearless, but also they can spit their poison. So if you get too close to them, they can, they can, yeah, um, shoot poison out of their mouth. So if you get it in your eye or anything, it's, it, they're actually genuinely quite dangerous and they're just fucking horrible, horrible things. And, you know, um, uh, anything that tries to eat them basically dies from poison. Um, anything that touches them a bit too much dies from poison and anything that tries to be around them is just surrounded by fucking ugly, horrible cane toads. So the the, uh, perverse thing about it, and I don't necessarily approve of this, but it has resulted in sort of, um, well, you know how I've, I've mentioned on, on occasion that there are large sections of Queensland that make, you know, Texas seem civilized or, (laughs) or whatever. Um, yeah, so, so there's all sorts of sport at, in, in terms of working out ways to dispatch of cane toads that are varying degrees of horrifically cruel. So, yeah, anyway. Um, so anyway, so back to the race. Oh yeah, so, yeah, so lots of attacks. So Queensland are meeting a cane toad with a five iron. Lots of, lots of aggressive attacking is what we're trying to say there. So one would go, I would jump, another and I would jump, and another. With about five k's to go, Yolene covered an attack, which gave Chloe a chance to have a bit of a breather, and that is when Florcha Mackay launched herself on the right-hand side of the road with about two and a half k's to go. Now, at that point, Chloe says, I was sitting on Roxanne Knatman's wheel and gambled she'll go, I convinced myself. She didn't. And that moment of hesitation was all it took. All of a sudden, Florcher had a 50-meter gap, and I knew I couldn't wait any longer, so I launched off in pursuit of her. Yannicka Ensing followed me, and then it was just us. Um, but then, and this is the bit that I really love about Chloe's writing, is that she's very honest, um, and I think it's a really great insight. She says, I'm not sure what I should have done. In the split second you have to make these decisions, I decided to bury myself to try and catch her. Yannicka rolled with me, but Florcher was gone. My legs were screaming and I was literally groaning on my bike. I stupidly rolled through to do a turn with less than a kilometre to to go. In my head, she was just there. We could have still caught her, but then I was stuck on the front. And with 50 metres to go, Yannicka rolled past me. I won't even say sprinted because I felt like I was pedalling in squares and even a grandma on a motorised scooter could have rolled past me at that point. (laughs) But that's it, isn't it? It's It's the, like, incredible dilemma of, of, you know, do you go for it? What what are you gambling in, in any split second decision? You're gambling the whole race and the the yeah, outcome yeah. and whatever else goes on, you know. And and she goes on to talk about how you know she could have waited and tried to position Yolene for the sprint and and you know all of that sort of stuff and her lessons and taking taking things away from it. But even the, even that said, you know, I, I just it was, she tells a great ripping yarn does Chloe, and I think it's a really interesting look at the way the race unfolded. Yes, perfect. And we've got video clips because sports are mm. all on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. Um, I just want to say a little bit about this about Flirtia. If you're thinking I've not heard of her before, well, partly because I'm probably pronouncing her name utterly terribly wrong. Um, she's the daughter of a cyclist and she had in 2013 when she was a junior, she's only 19, in 2013 she um, won the Energy Walk Tour, Junior Tour, and she um, also was a national road and IT, I was actually the national ITT champ, junior champion in the Netherlands. And she was the junior, um, I, she was the ITT 
second silver medalist in the European junior champs too. I'm sorry, I'm just making no sense. But yeah, so she's had a really strong junior career. She's raced with um, with uh, with Liv Planter, um, which is the sister team of Giant Alperson. And yeah, I'm re- this is her first big win. She was second in a stage of the Lotto Decatur last year. I'm really happy for her. It's really, you know, again, it's like, you know, junior girl does well and also wins through guile and racecraft and skill <laughs> and taking a chance and that chance paid off. It could have, you know, yeah, amazing. So results, you've got uh, Mackay winning seven seconds later, Yannicka Ensign, Chloe Hess, Hosking, 24 seconds later, Yolene Dora, Amy Peters, Roxanne Knatemann, Natalie Van Gogh, Eris Slappendel, Susie Zorzi and Moniek Teniglo um, bringing in the next bunch at 131 behind for Rabobank. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, so much racing, Daniel. But it wasn't just on the road because we also had the Paracycling Track World Championships. Indeed, um, which, as we've discussed several times before, is exciting not just because it's great racing, but also um, our paracycling athletes don't get as many opportunities to compete at this sort of level um, as as the other disciplines. So when they can come together, you're always guaranteed an excellent, excellent tournament. Is it a tournament? No. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, like a race yeah. meet. It's so much fun. And last year, you may remember that we were a little bit grumpy because uh, there was literally one – there was people video – there was video of the whole event, and some riders had it on like had it on a memory stick until the race organiser said, no, you're not allowed to have it because the video is going to be put up on the UCI website. And nothing was put up. There was, like, literally one video for last year, and, and it was a complete – shambles and embarrassing and disgrace but as i said earlier we've turned the corner dan because this year we had tons of video the whole of the last session was streamed live on the uti uci youtube nice and the competition just they showed they tons and tons and tons of videos of the different races which is really just just fantastic to see i you know our athletes train and work really really hard and they deserve to be seen and they deserve to you know fans you know, and it's just such a good competition. We we talked about it last week, but while they were warming up and doing the training um, in the days before the race, they were the the competition at Appledorn organisers were putting up tweets on the on the um on you know on, on the big screen so that while yep. they're training and waiting to train, they could see what people were saying about the competition and how it's being promoted. And then, you know, people's friends and families can watch the race. You know, you can watch your teammates race. It's You've got the, the record of how you did. It's just so important to be able to see that. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, big standout moments for me. Sarah Story said she was completely surprised to win the 500 metres time trial. Um, she said that her, her, recent, her training from the hour record had obviously paid off. Um, but I, um, I think my favourite results was Elida Norbris, who rode four races and won three golds. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a C two, um, she's a C two, C two category cyclist. Um, basically, you start off with C one means that your mo- your disabilities most affect your racing, and C five means your you know is the category where your disabilities least affect your racing. So right. she won the C two. Um, 500 meters 3k pursuit and she won the c23 scratch scratch race so yeah really 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 happy and you can imagine you know dutch crowds in appleton <laughs> probably probably very <laughs> reserved and quiet i imagine yeah. Yeah. yeah and um you know i also you know sophie Fornhill this time being pilot uh, she's a she's a visually impaired uh, tandem rider this year being paired this time being paired by helen with helen scott as her pilot 
won the uh, they won the kilometer time trial and they also won the sprints. And I I know I keep saying this, but tandem sprinting, oh my god, tandem sprinting, oh my god, wow, um, yeah, and tons and tons of great results. Um, Sue Powell, Aussie Sue Powell, won um, won a gold at least one. Cool. But yeah, but but the biggest winners were us because we got to see the racing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, oh. There was one other thing that I, I can't believe you didn't mention that Hent Webel game, Dan. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, I've lost that train of thought. You're going to have to catch me up. You know, you know how one of your favourite, favourite things in the world is falling into canals and ditches. It's funny. I'd forgotten. And then as soon as you went, you know how. (laughs) (laughs) You you very, very kindly um, included me on the the photo because that was what I woke up to. Because obviously, um, unfortunately, our clocks go back uh, this weekend. Um, at the end of our daylight savings. So at the moment, I'm in this really weird netherworld where like last week, because your clocks had already gone forward or something. So yes. so last weekend's race is basically finished at 4 a.m. <laughs> for me, which on a, on a work night is just not something I can do. Um, so, so I woke up on Monday morning to this excited tweet from you. I can't remember who you'd retweeted. I think it was Polder Speed or someone like that. It's probably um, Polder Speed. Yeah, just, Dad, Dad, look. <laughs> photo of Ryder and Canal. <laughs> or, as, or as we like to call it, photo of Ryder doing a schleck. <laughs> And didn't one of them one of them threw his bike into the ditch and then had to drag it out? Yeah, apparently I think it was Jack Bauer who um, who threw his bike, <laughs> um, and and um, and made the I think he may actually may have even made sports' top ten bike tosses. <laughs> Carl Lima was tweeting whenever I see a, a man rider doing a bike toss, I always think there's too much money in men's cycling. And someone responded, yeah, I know, don't understand why they do it, because the next thing you have to do is try and get your bike out of the ditch <laughs> in cleats in front of the TV cameras. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. That was, that was worth the diversion, actually. Like, nine times out of ten, I'd be like, don't worry about going back, but that is definitely worth going back for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it> <laughs> so, um, Energy Walker Tour is next week, and we can only hope that we have more riders in the polders. Well, yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah. It's always it's always the danger, isn't it? You know, uh, you get those get those brutal crosswinds. Um, couple of couple of slow down for a corner here. We're going over a bridge. Oh shit! Someone wound up in the canal. Yes. 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 Um, but what do we have before Energy Water, Daniel? Well, for, for Cobbles fans uh, back home and the world over. Uh, and fans of cycling everywhere. And fans of cycling everywhere, indeed, indeed. We have the Ronde van Flandern. Mm. <sighs> mm. So happy. Kind of basically the holy grail of cobbled one-day races. It's just fucking amazing is what it is. Yeah. Um, this time we've got 10 climbs, um, five sets of cobbles. All the cobbles are in the first 79 kilometers. It starts off pretty flat and they have climbs and climbs and climbs and it's beautiful and brutal. And then they have a 13.33k flat run in. You may remember that last year, um, 
Ellen Van Dyke attacked on the Kruisberg on the third yeah. from last climb and all the ride. And there was this wonderful Emma Johansson uh, report talking about how she, you know, she basically messed it up. She just assumed she didn't want to chase because she was just didn't because she didn't want to drag everyone else but else the line. But she made the mistake. They, she thought they could catch uh, Van Dyke on the Paterberg and they couldn't, and she was gone. Yeah, and yeah. And and so very similar, you know, this year your last three climbs, um, and and quite likely where the race will be, will be settled are the Kreuzberg, the Odequamont, and um, then to the Paterberg. Although I think I think like last year, I reckon I reckon you're right, Sarah, that the the Kreuzberg's probably the spot where it's going to be, you know. <laughs> That's where everyone's going to be looking to see what Alan Van Dyke well, does. Well, who knows? I mean, who knows? Basically, like you said, like you described in Pentweb, what happens is people attack and attack and attack and attack, and it's glorious, and, you know, people catch up, and it's just an endless stream, and you just have to be tough, and, oh, it can be won in different ways, and, oh, it's mm. really exciting. And I asked Dan who he wanted to win, and then Dan asked who I wanted to win, and unfortunately, my answer seemed to be everyone, because, you know, who would I like to win? Well, I'd love Elisa Longo-Borghini to win it, but no, then I'd love Elisa Brenauer to win. That would be fun. Oh, that would be great, actually, if Lisa won. Oh, but then, oh, my God, yeah, but then what about Yolene Dora? Yolene winning Flanders, because she's, you know, she's from that, she's from Flanders, yeah, and she's yeah. Belgian. That would be fantastic, and then, oh, oh, and another, and another, and another one, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I basically and Emma Emma Johansson is actually racing it with her before her collarbone has healed properly. Yes, yeah, and Emma's probably my sentimental pick. Um, as I said to Sarah, I mean there is no there is no better cobbled race for an Australian to win, and um, <laughs> and to to have come back from from a broken collarbone only twenty one days ago. Um, and to compete in this race, and because she wasn't able to defend her her Binder victory last week, you know, I do go Aussie, go Emma, yes. Emma's not Aussie. Yes, she is. Listen to her speak English. She speaks it with an Australian accent. That's good enough yeah, for but me. Yeah, she also. But she also speaks Belgian. She also speaks Dutch with a yeah. Flanders a- accent. No, no, she speaks. She speaks Flemish with an Australian accent. So. <laughs> Even even her even her Swedish has an Australian accent these days. So I'm just remembering her come to Flanders video. I know that's actually my other reason because how good is that video? <laughs> fact, I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to tweet it when I get off podcasting, just because, and we'll have to put it in the post, just because. Yeah. If you haven't seen Emma Johansson's come to Flanders video, it's a work of absolute genius. She's the Flanders tourist board have got a lot of a lot of a lot of comedy gold, but I especially liked her sitting on the bar stool drinking Belgian beer while pedalling. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, actually, that's uh, I, I still need to source one of those um, and then convince every one of the ten pubs within two blocks of my front door to put one in for me. Yeah. Mm, mm, good mm. stuff. No, um, so, yeah, the Flanders, it's going to be awesome. This is, you know, this is the race, and I'm very, very excited. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be excellent. Yes. So um, come back to our blog. Um, Flanders, it's not going to be streamed live. Um, we'll get the usual UCI videos from it. We'll probably, if you're watching the men's race, we'll, you'll probably get highlights of the women's race on sports afterwards. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And, um, and as Sarah says, Energy Voctua coming up hot on the heels of, um, which is always exciting stage racing. Um, lots of crosswind flat but, but challenging racing and cool action. And um, in the meantime, I'm sure there'll be some kind of other controversy or hilarity or whatever for us to, to be discussing with you shortly thereafter. 
exit. So come back, come back, come back, come back and come to our site, prowomenscycling.com, where, yeah, you can find everything that we love. <laughs> and and you can also cycling. you can also find us. Um, yeah, and if you if you want to be mean to Sarah on Twitter, you can do that at, at underscore pigeons underscore. And if you want to be mean to Dan on Twitter, um, I recommend it. He's Dan W Official. Thanks for hanging out with us, and um, I hope you've enjoyed your wine as much as I've enjoyed mine, and slightly more than Sarah's enjoyed her coffee. We'll talk to you again <laughs> soon.